What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, and we are back for the middle of the pack from the Eastern Conference. As you know, this is for the mini-series of Why You Should Watch, where I break down the teams, and I started from the bottom all the way up. And again, here we are with the middle of the pack. But let's get right into it. So starting off the middle of the pack teams here with the Charlotte Hornets at number 10, uh, 43 and 39 to end the season. And, you know, you go into it thinking, okay, they didn't get to make the playoffs, right? They got to the play-in. And so from there, usually you would assume, okay, this is the next season where they can build on, right? Um, this is a season where, honestly, definitely obviously should be tuned into this team uh, for obvious reasons I'm going to get into. Um, but obviously, you know, this is a team that looks like they're not going to have Miles Bridges, um, who is obviously who has shown um, to have some good potential, right? Definitely a better player than most people probably thought he was going to become. Um, and obviously, you know, you get that crazy news about him. Um, so who knows? You know, there's a question mark with Miles Bridges, probably never coming back to the NBA. Who knows about that? But the more the biggest reason really to tune into these uh, Charlotte Hornets is obviously the the face of the show, right? Um, a lot of a lot of young NBA fans and just NBA fans in general um, should obviously be tuning in if they like watching exciting playmaking, you know, just you know, just youth really, right? And that's what you get out of Lamelo. Um, Lamelo Ball obviously uh, so far to me has had the most flash in his game. Um, out of the brothers, right? Um, Lonzo Ball, more of like, a, I want to say Lonzo Ball is more of like a, a, a more of a cerebral player. Lamelo Ball is a very smart player as well. He makes great passes, um, but a little bit of a of a bad habit kind of player, right? Takes a lot of bad shots, um, but nonetheless, you know, Lamelo Ball, you know what you're getting out of him, right? But this is another year for him, right? Year three. This is a year where. If he's not going to have Miles Bridges alongside him, obviously he's still going to have Terry Rozier. Um, but LaMelo Ball, you know, watching him grow, watching him kind of add more pieces to his game, whether it's defensively or be more consistent with his jumper. You know, LaMelo Ball obviously is one of those guys that you're going to see nonstop highlights for, right? Uh, you see the jokes on Instagram uh, for that Instagram page, House of Highlights. For quite some time, people would joke around and call it House of Lamelo. Um, but yeah, you know, that's one of those players that you definitely are always hyped to see if he's on TV. Um, obviously, they get a new draft pick um, out of Duke, right? Someone that has a little bit of untapped potential, which is Mark Williams, right? Just massive human being. Um, obviously, at Duke, he was, he was a little limited uh, in terms of... Um, being able to see what else he can bring to the table, more of a defensive center, lob threat, uh, put back dunker, right? Just a freak athlete. Um, a lot of the comps for him, the comparisons are like a more athletic, like a hyper athletic version of Hassan Whiteside. Um, and I'm here to tell you that that's a pretty good comparison. Uh, but I also want to say his jumper is something that I feel like is definitely there. It just wasn't showcased at Duke, right? They kind of defined a role for him at Duke. Um, and that's typically something that happens when you're on stacked teams, right? Can't really showcase a lot of your ability. You're kind of just playing a role because the team is so stacked. 
but Mark Williams definitely stood out. Um, and, you know, reason for being picked so high in the draft as well. Um, you know, a lot of people like Jalen Duran, uh, very similar player comp to Mark Williams. Um, I personally like Mark Williams more um, because I just feel like maybe he has more that he wasn't able to show us. And you can say the same about uh, Jalen Duran, but nonetheless, uh, Mark Williams, definitely an interesting prospect. Him and LaMelo are going to be an awesome combination. Uh, just an extra big that he could just throw passes to, right? In situations where kind of where they can't really find anything offensively, Mark Williams will always be an option as a pick and roll diver, right? Um, you know, we get a question, is Isaiah Thomas going to come back to the Charlotte Hornets? Um, you know, obviously the undersized guard that's kind of been a journeyman already, right? Like after, after that Boston Celtics awesome uh, MVP caliber run for him, uh, career kind of took a wrong turn, right? From the injuries, uh, from the time away, just not really being able to stay healthy, hard to find a rhythm when you're constantly being given 10-day contracts. Um, you know, this was a guy that, uh, you know, a couple of, of 10-day contracts with the Hornets before finally staying with them for the rest of the season. And obviously, you know, if you're a fan of Isaiah Thomas, this is a team that if he does get re-signed to them, another reason to watch them. Um, obviously, we get the more of the big, I would say probably the bigger name in terms of just someone that's been around the league for a while, uh, Gordon Hayward, right? Are we finally going to get a healthy season? Are we going to actually see him play basketball games consistently? Um, just a guy that's just in and out of lineups, you know, hasn't really been able to stay on the court uh, for a long time. You know, you hear him in trade rumors. You hear that he is a guy they want to stick with. There's a lot of rumors around Gordon Hayward. Now, if I'm a team like the Hornets, he's just, he has such a big paycheck, right? Like he is such, he's so highly paid, right? And rightfully so. He is a really good player. Um, adds a lot of offense, adds veteran leadership to the team. But, you know, you're paying a guy that's not even playing most of the time. So that's a question mark, right? I think this is going to be an exciting team. I do think that they're probably going to take a step back, um, mainly because I would say, you know, they have a coach in Steve Clifford, which used to coach the Hornets. Um, obviously, he comes back to the Hornets now. Old school coach. You know, always a question mark when the face of your franchise appears to be a very young player. Um, and obviously the name would be LaMelo Ball. Someone like that who plays very free, takes a lot of risks. You know, just a modern, very young NBA player uh, who was given really the green light on this team prior. And, you know, Steve Clifford, someone that's more of, like I said, an old school coach. How is that going to gel, right? Is he going to kind of change his ways? Is he going to impose his will on LaMelo in terms of keeping him on a more short leash? I don't know how that's going to work. I don't typically like when we get these old school, uh, long time coaches and you put them on a team that, you know, it's a young team that's going to make a lot of mistakes, you know, because it creates a lot of problems. It creates turmoil sometimes. You know, the young players these days, they don't like the old school, you know, bashing and, and kind of throwing players under the bus at post-game press conferences and, you know, kind of like, you know, making them run laps if they, they make mistakes, you know, just that old coach vibe, 
right? A lot of young NBA players just don't mess with that. And that's probably why you're seeing so many more young coaches these days, because obviously teams recognize that. They're trying to keep players as long as possible. And if the players aren't happy because of a coach, that's probably why you're seeing so many coaches get fired and moved around like crazy, right? You see coaches all over the place now. There's a lot of young coaches. There's a lot of coaches that have never had any coaching experience. And a lot of that is because they're closer in age to the to the player or or they used to be a player, you know, things like that. So again, kind of a question mark. Interesting to see how how Steve Clifford gels with LaMelo. You get, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, Terry Rozier, a 19.4 rebound, four assist guy, right? You'll see him in highlights on your timeline from time to time, breaking guys down, breaking some ankles, landing some awesome step-back jumpers, step-back threes, attacks the rim, hits game winners. You know, kind of a guy in that tier list that, you know, not a star, but definitely a bucket getter. Uh, nice, reliable vet at this point for LaMelo to have on his team. Uh, just someone that they can kind of give the ball to when when the plays break down and they need a shot or they need a bucket. Uh, Rozier's definitely one of those guys. Pretty awesome guy to watch in uh, on League Pass, right? But yeah, let's move on to the next team. The next team we have on the list here at number nine from last season, the Cleveland Cavaliers. 44 and 38. One of those teams that's in an interesting spot, right? And I'm not just saying that because I'm giving you reasons to watch this team. I'm actually super interested to see a team that kind of is now in this middle of the pack, not a team trying to lose anymore, a team clearly going for the wins, a team that's playing hard. This is a team that, like all the other teams, has a lot of questions, a lot of positives, uh, and maybe some negatives. So let's get right into it. Obviously, we get some reports from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Reports state that the team doesn't like the defensive questions with Colin Sexton and Darius Garland in the backcourt. Um, that was a report from this guy, Chris Fetter, who's an Ohio sports broadcaster. Um, he told Zach Lowe, if you're not familiar, he has a podcast. He works on ESPN. Um, basically, he tells uh, Zach Lowe that the Cavs view Colin Sexton as an off-the-bench kind of bucket guy and if you're not familiar Colin Sexton one of those undersized guards that's a straight bucket getter um he tore his meniscus right um but he was like a 20 plus point per game guy right um his agent is Rich Paul so they're in contract talks at the moment with Cleveland but it might look like uh Colin Sexton is going to you know become a, fr a free agent you know an unrestricted one next season Right, this might be like his prove it year, like his contract. He he might be betting on himself because he wants to get paid, but the Cavs don't really see eye to eye, at least what we see in reports. It doesn't look like the Cavs are looking at Colin Sexton like a guy that they need to be maxing out, right? And I think I agree with that. Um, I do like Colin Sexton, very skilled undersized guard that just gets buckets. Um, yes, he had the torn meniscus and he's six foot one, so you know, that's obviously going to hurt his value um, in terms of like the market. But, you know, the Cavs have an interesting situation. If I'm the Cavs, um, now obviously, like I said, I'm just some podcast guy, right? So I guess it's irrelevant what I think. But if I'm the Cavs, right, you're a small market team, okay? And you have this kid, Colin Sexton. You can always just trade him, 
right? Just because you sign him doesn't mean you have to keep him. So if you lose him for nothing in free agency, that's a guy that holds some value that you could have traded for something more, right? If, if, whether it's more picks or a nice little couple of pieces for the team. I don't know, you know, but but letting him go might be a mistake. You know, you can take the early loss, right? You take the early L, pay him, right? Um, and then try to move him down the line, right? Because this team performed well with what they have. So it's not like they're going to be signing superstars, you know, down the line because, you know, this is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, not really a team that guys are running to go play for. So when you're a team like this, I think you overpay your players and then trade them, right? For Because they have value. Um, obviously, Kevin Love, right? This is the last year for him. It's a contract year. Does he finally get traded? He's like that house on the market that it's just there all the time, right? And you just ask yourself, why hasn't it been sold? Why hasn't anyone offered anything? And it's, again, one of those questions. It's like, okay, well, they're probably just asking for too much, right? For a guy that's clearly on the other side of his career at this point. Kevin Love obviously has went from, he went from a guy that hated being there, doing questionable things, right? A couple seasons ago. And now he's become like a staple again for these guys off the bench. Um, kind of just more of like a role guy, but a reliable one, right? Obviously it's Kevin Love. You know, this guy's going to get buckets. He's going to be a, a leader. Uh, wasn't much of a leader a couple years ago, but he came around, you know, and probably because he sees that, you know, the team is winning now. You know, the team has caught up a little bit in terms of skill, right? This is a good, strong team. Um, kind of goes against the grain. This is an interesting team to watch because it's not one of those teams that's like some small ball game, right? This is a team that's lanky. They play a lot of bigs at the same time. You know, kind of going against the grain. They're just really tall out there, right? For position to position. And so, yeah, you know, there's a lot of interesting pieces. You know, obviously we have a Karis Levert. Six foot six. He's a score first guard in his contract year, by the way. So clearly, this is probably going to be a big year for him. We know how guys play on their contract years. Um, we have year two for Evan Mobley, right? 6'11, 215 pound guy, second place in rookie of the year, which, by the way, was the closest margin since the voting even existed, which is like a 19 year timeline. That's how close he was to winning Rookie of the Year. So if you're a Cavs fan, you probably say, hey, we got the Rookie of the Year. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you have that going for you, right? To be able to watch this team. Now, a question with Evan Mobley, there are a couple, right? The three-point shot, right? That's what we want to see. Now, it's crazy that we've gotten to the point <laughs> where it's like we have this 6'11", 215-pound guy who is a really good defender, shot blocker, good rebounder, active guy, just switchable on defense. And we're now complaining about, well, where's the three ball, <laughs> right? It's just the NBA has gotten so skilled, right? That it just doesn't matter what position you are. You have to be a competent shooter, right? So 25% from three, you know, obviously he's taking one three a game, right? That I'm looking at here on NBA.com. 66% from the free throw line, which you definitely want to see that improve. But besides from that, I'm seeing him in workouts in the offseason with Kevin Durant. Just an energy guy, right? Good feet, great positioning, awesome touch. He makes good passes. He's a playmaking center who also is the ball handler in pick and roll. We've seen him be a ball handler in pick and roll. Very interesting young guy. And this is year two. You know, does he make, does he take a leap? 
Does he kind of coast? Who knows? But definitely one of those guys you want to see. And obviously another maybe smaller reason that you would want to see the Cavs is a reason I would like to see them as well uh, a little more this season. I love seeing, and I've already mentioned this before uh, with the Orlando Magic, obviously uh, Mo Wagner and Franz Wagner. Uh, just watching brothers out there play in an NBA setting, it, there's something awesome about that. I love to watch that. Um, and, and just talking about that, obviously the Cavs, with the 49th pick, they actually drafted Evan Mobley's brother, um, Isaiah Mobley, right? Uh, I think he played at a USC, if I'm not wrong about that. I'm not, I don't remember exactly, not really looking at that. Um, but yeah, you know, I just love seeing siblings on the same team. Um, you know, that's something also that you could be watching out for. Obviously, we start again here uh, in terms of uh, the big man lineups, right? Uh, we talk about a guy like Laurie Markinen. Uh, 6'11", you know, shoots league average from three. Uh, if you're not familiar with league average, it's 35%. Um, so yeah, you know, definitely, you know, he's technically a threat, right, from three. Uh, lanky guy, you know, can rebound, stretch the floor, shoots 86% from the free throw line, average about 15 points. So, you know, nice little contributor, right? Um, you also wait to see if he's going to take a leap right? Uh, still relatively young. So, you know, you talk, you talk about the length on this team, Jared Allen, right? Another big, uh, just lanky guy, shot blocker, another lob threat, just adds more size to the lineup, right? And then, you know, my last point about the Cavs here is their 14th pick, right? Ochai Abaji, right? Or Oche Abaji. I'm not sure how to say the first name. I always kind of forget to say it. Um, obviously he was on that Kansas championship team this season and, you know, coming into this team, what you can expect from him, he's really a traditional two guard, um, really streaky, uh, but he has shown that he can get really hot, uh, from three. He's a really good off ball scorer. Uh, just think, think like catch and shoot, right? Um, not really a good creator, right? Not a guy that can kind of get his own bucket. He's really like an off ball you know, kind of runs around screens, catch and shoot guy, right? That's someone that's going to be pretty good, right? Because I think on this team, uh, I'm not sure if um, if Darius Garland needs like a secondary ball handler. Obviously, Karis LeVert carries that responsibility. Um, and also Evan Mobley carries that responsibility at center slash, you know, power forward. He kind of mixes in the positions. Um, not a great defender. Uh, I'm talking about Ochai Agbaji. Not a great defender, but he's a solid defender, right? Kind of gambles, right? Um, but yeah, you know, a traditional two guard, interesting to see what he adds. We know he's going to help them spread the floor. Um, clearly a guy that's most likely going to come off the bench because they really like Karis LeVert. Um, but yeah, let's get on to the next team from the middle of the pack. And I'm looking at the Atlanta Hawks, 43 and 39, right? Uh, just after two seasons ago, um, you know, the Hawks had a deep run, right? Um, they obviously, you know, they have that historic, <laughs> Not, I, I don't know if it was a historic, but it was an exciting uh, Knicks-Hawks uh, playoff series, right? In the first round, you know, obviously they beat the Knicks. They kind of expose uh, the Knicks and more importantly, expose Julius Randle, right? Kind of had a really bad uh, postseason uh, for Julius Randle, right? So, Obviously, they beat the Knicks, uh, they beat the Philadelphia 76ers, and then obviously they lose to the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Um, you know, after that, 
you're thinking, okay, let's see what the next season entails. And I've talked about this on multiple pods um, with my theory, where these young teams that kind of like, you know, they kind of have a deep run that no one really expected. Um, and it can go two ways, obviously, right? They can think that because they made it so deep so early in their careers, um, that it's cake, right, in the regular season. So they think that these teams are just going to roll over and the season's going to be easy for them. This is a team that just this season, right, after that big season for them, they lose in the first round, right, to the Miami Heat, which we can all argue in any, even if it was last year, you know, a team interchangeable like the Heat, uh, would have definitely given them trouble two years ago. Um, but yeah, obviously you see the struggles or you saw the struggles uh, just last postseason, right? Just kind of, you know, Trey Young struggling against the versatility that the Heat have on defense, right? Just being able to, you know, Trey Young loves the pick and roll, right? And you could just tell he's calling for picks, he's calling for picks, but not really someone he can take advantage of for the most part against the Heat. So in any case, you know, you get a, a another year uh, for Trey Young, you know, after a bad season for the team, they get gutted by COVID. You know, you could blame COVID. Obviously, if you're a Hawks fan, you're very familiar with how annoying this season, right? It was like G League player galore, right? Uh, apparently, it, I'm looking at the numbers here, 13 Hawks players were hit by COVID last season. Right. And the NBA didn't postpone any of their games. They just kind of wanted it to keep going. Right. So that's why we saw so many G League players for the Hawks. Right. Um, let me read you a quote from Trey Young that kind of supports my theory about these young teams that make a deep run. And then the next season, they think it's all easy. Right. Um, so here's a Trey Young quote Guys are learning. We're no longer hunters. I'm not going to lie. Regular season is more boring <laughs> than the playoffs, right? I'm kind of paraphrasing. Um, there's more to that quote, but that's basically what he was saying, right? That they kind of, um, you know, they kind of got bored in the regular season because of that deep run from the season before. Um, and, you know, if this team had struggled during the regular season, right, uh, last season, and and they, they come into this season hungry, Right. Because they're thinking, OK, let's, you know, let's get off to a good start. But instead, you know, they have that deep playoff run where they almost made the finals. Right. So kind of like early success for them. And so, you know, they they think that these teams are going to roll over. They're not as interested uh, during the regular season. But, you know, uh, DeAndre Hunter was hit with injuries. Uh, he missed 26 games. What I'm looking at here. But, you know, let's look at the reasons for watching them, right? Uh, they draft a guy out of Duke, right? Kind of a question mark guy. Um, a lot of guys really liked him. He was he got some knee injuries um, in high school, right? A.J. Griffin is who I'm talking about. He's a six foot six guard, really tough defender, really good shooter, right? Just a knockdown shooter. Um, the comparison I see around is Jimmy Butler. But honestly, I feel like, you get the wrong impression if you try to picture a Jimmy Butler as a comparison to AJ Griffin. Um, I would want to say because he's like a really tough, you know, muscular defender, but obviously, um, you know, a guard, I would say he reminds me more of like a bigger, taller Drew Holiday, right? Because the shot is there, the defense is there. And he does make plays, right? So I don't know. You know, maybe they say Jimmy Butler because of like the strength, the body. AJ Griffin 
very muscular guy, right? But anyways, yeah, he reminds me of like a bigger Drew Holiday, right? So you get that guy, right? So interesting guy, you know, kind of fell in the draft. Um, this was a guy that, you know, early on was kind of like a top five, top six projected, uh, fell a little bit, you know. Um, and then we have a guy like DeJounte Murray with the San Antonio Spurs trade, right? This is a guy, defender, can create for himself. He's a really good passer, has a mid-range game. He really will relieve the pressure from Trey Young's ball handling responsibilities, right? So now we get to see Trey Young more off the ball, right? Um, Deontay Murray, if you haven't watched like some of those summer uh, competitions that he's playing in, I, I don't remember if it's the crossover league because um, there's a couple of other uh, summer leagues that are being run out there. This guy is bouncing balls off of other players' heads, right? Just dunking on guys, embarrassing people. Had a little bit of beef with Paolo Bancaro. Uh, if you haven't seen that, I highly recommend you guys check that beef out on YouTube. Uh, the beef seems pretty real, and they even mention each other on their Instagram pages. So definitely something to watch out for. Deontay Murray seems to be, you know, kind of giving a message to the league and maybe the Hawks that he's here to really try to dominate, right, as much as possible because he was kind of under those San Antonio Spurs chains and he's going to be kind of let loose here with the Hawks. Um, so we might see a whole nother Deontay Murray that we never really got to see in, this, in San Antonio. Um, you get DeAndre Hunter for the Hawks as well. You know, he had big playoff moments, um, no extension as of yet uh, with his contract. So this is probably going to be a contract year for DeAndre Hunter. This is a guy looking for some max money. Um, so, you know, if for any other reason to watch the Hawks, you're watching another guy in a contract year. Um, you get Bogdan Bogdanovich, right? Nice little 15 point per game international bucket, right? He shoots above league average from three. He makes a lot of plays, makes some decent passes. He loves the step back. If you're not familiar with Bogdan Bogdanovich, Definitely recommend you look him up on YouTube again. Just one of those international guys, right? Um, exciting, you know, uh, pretty tall. Uh, and he, like I said, loves the step backs. You know, has a nice little handle too. Um, kind of breaks guys down. Really fun player to watch. You get this guy that's been in trade rumors forever. I don't know why. Uh, John Collins, right? Six foot nine, kind of like an undersized big, but he's a posterizer, right? Just dunks on anyone and everyone. Right, So we don't know. Is he going to stay? Is he going to get traded? Um, he shoots above average from three. He hits mid-range post-up fadeaway shots. He makes good passes. He's mentioned, uh, I think it was last season actually, he mentioned he wants to be like Nikola Jokic. Right? like Kind of like a playmaking big that can do a little bit of everything. He's a really good shot blocker. You know, This guy, John Collins, I'm not sure why uh, the Hawks have try trading him or, or, or put him in trade talks. It's a big mistake, in my opinion. If you haven't watched John Collins, um, definitely take a look at him. He is super exciting to watch. And being alongside Deontay, Murray, and Trey Young, the playmaking that's going to be around John Collins, this team is going to be scary. I think so, at least. You know, we talk about a big like Clint Capella, who's also going to help protect the paint. Another lob threat, right? Kind of like a drop coverage center. Um, you talk about, you know, when I tell you guys that I like watching siblings, we got Justin Holiday and Aaron Holiday, right? Just some more brother action over there in, in Atlanta. Um, and then obviously we have this last piece that I really like. It's Onyeka Okongwu, 
If you're not familiar with Onyeka Okongwu, um, it's year three for him. He's a 6'8 forward. Um, the Hawks definitely need more shot creators to help Trey and Deontay Murray. Um, he has improved every year, okay? And I'm talking about Okongwu. He doubled his points, right, from four points per game to eight points per game. He went from 63% from the free throw line to 72%. He's doubled his rebounds from three to six. Uh, he is a potential future defensive player of the year player, right? And when I have a quote for him um, that he actually mentioned, he said, next time you see me, I will have a jump shot, right? So he's making these promises as well. That's kind of the big part that's missing in his game is a reliable jumper, okay? But again, 6'8 forward, very interchangeable, plays hard, plays good defense, um, you know, gets a couple of points here and there. He's shooting better from the free throw line. He rebounds. So yeah, interesting player as well. But let's move on to the next team. Interesting. If, you, if you're looking at the seedings, you know what the next team is, right? The Brooklyn Nets right? The, the franchise that, that is, is so perfectly in sync and everyone gets along and everyone loves each other and the star players play every game, <laughs> right? Uh, anyways, yeah, so we have the Nets, right? I just want to say this because I kind of want to move on from the Nets. Don't really want to talk about a team that's just, we don't know what the hell is going to happen with this team, right? Um, so I just want to say this. If you like chaos and unpredictability, this is a team for you to watch. Now, jokes aside, right? The Nets, here's a small argument for me. I don't think the Nets are that bad of a team on paper. I really don't. I really, like, I don't, I don't really understand, you know, unless uh, KD knows something about Ben Simmons that we don't know. I can't say that this is a bad team on paper, you know? Sharpshooter, Joe Harris, right? Um, Cam Thomas had a big summer league and he's a really promising player. Uh, I think this is going to be year two for Cam Thomas. Seth Curry, who they got in a trade, good shooter, obviously, uh, spreads the floor, you know, knows his role. Nick Claxton, a guy that can't knock down free throws, but you know, 6'11 center that knows his role, plays hard. You know, you have obviously Kyrie Irving, you know, we don't know what Kyrie is going to do or if he's going to get moved, but we can't deny the skill, right? Uh, ben Simmons, if he does play, if he is healthy, 6'11", point guard, man. You know, really going to have weapons around him if he's out there. He's going to defend every position. The job is easy for him. He doesn't even have to come out and shoot because he's surrounded by shooters and, play and scorers and playmakers. Um, Patty Mills, who I love right? Australian player. I'm really liking these Australian guys, man. Um, you know, <laughs> Dyson Daniels, right? Um, Josh Giddy, right? They're, they're just, they're coming, right? These guys are good, man. These guys are awesome to watch. Um, but yeah, you know, Patty Mills, one of my favorite Spurs players uh, during his time over there, you know, obviously KD, you know, I know he, it sounds like he doesn't want to be there, but I'm just listing the team on paper, right? Um, you know, I don't know, is Blake Griffin retiring? Is he staying? You know, I don't know, right? But that's another, you know, vet, right? Royce O'Neal, who they got as well. You know, serviceable role player. TJ Warren, right? We haven't really seen much of him um, because he got hurt, but, you know, had a big bubble uh, experience, right? That's where he kind of had his breakout season. So I'll just say that about the Nets. 
but I want to move on, right? Now, the last team on this list for the middle of the pack is the Chicago Bulls, right? I was going around uh, prior to the season, um, obviously not on the podcast. I didn't have the pod at the time, but I was telling a lot of close friends of mine, hey, you know, look out for the Bulls, man. You know, I got a lot of, a lot of hate for that. You know, a lot of people, not hate, but like kind of made fun of because I was looking at the pieces, obviously as a Laker fan, I'm looking at Alex Caruso. I'm looking at Lonzo Ball. I know what these guys bring to a team. They're going to be, t- they're, you know, they're going to show effort defensively. They're going to make plays with or without the ball, right? They're going to knock down shots when shots need to be made. Um, you know, I was saying, you know, this team probably going to lead the league in dunks. You know, you have DeMar DeRozan. You have, uh, obviously, Zach Levine, uh, Derek Jones Jr., right? You know, it's just a, just a team that just has players that can really just dunk the ball, right? Um, exciting team. Um, obviously, uh, had some injuries. Um, had some COVID issues, um, you know, but we hear that the Bulls are just really, it looks like with the moves in the offseason, it really looks like a team that likes what they have, right? Um, because you, you look at the moves they're doing, right? They don't really make big moves. They just kind of re-sign guys, right? They re-sign Zach Levine. They re-sign Derek Jones Jr. Uh, for any Miami Heat fans out there, you know who Derek Jones Jr. is. Freak athlete, crazy hops, jumps out the gym, just Dunks on anyone and everyone, right? Uh, they obviously sign uh, Andre Drummond, who's going to help with their paint defense. We can't forget that they have Nikola Vucevic, right? Someone that can post up, someone that can stretch the floor, uh, kind of another versatile big. Uh, Drummond, not so much of a versatile big, just really like a paint defender, right? Lob catcher, uh, screen setter, just going to kind of dive, right? And grab rebounds and whatnot. You know, they sign Goran Dragic which is, you know, someone else that can create some offense for them, right? And then I just want to say this. They have a guy on their roster, Marco Simonovic. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know who he was, but the only reason I'm bringing up his name is because just this recent summer league, he made all summer league second team, you know? So who knows? Maybe they get some good contribution from someone we don't even know existed, right? Um, And then one last thing, right? This was a team that was good against mid-level and kind of under teams, but really bad against the top teams, right? Now, they got a draft pick that I think is a huge steal. Definitely look him up. I highly recommend you search him. His name is Dalen Terry, <laughs> okay? Uh, this kid, they got him at 18, right? 18th pick. Uh, he was on the same AAU team as Evan Mobley and Isaiah Mobley. Uh, and also on their team was Onyeka Okongwu. Uh, it was the best team in AAU. It was the top team. It's called the Compton Magic. Uh, clearly, they were a stacked team. Um, but more info on Dalen Terry. He was from Arizona, right? S- super smart player off of the ball. Doesn't need the ball to contribute. He's an athlete. Um, he has great vision. His handles are are really good. Um, I think his handles are are very solid. Has a lot of energy. Just kind of like a posterizer. Uh, can knock down shots. He is a perfect Bulls fit because the Bulls need guys that don't need the ball because they really share the ball. You know, the Bulls, very unselfish team, you know. And then we get another year for DeMar DeRozan. MVP caliber season for him this season that just passed. So let's watch him build on that, right? This is a team that unfortunately was derailed by injuries and COVID. So, you know, definitely keep an eye on this team, you know. 
But that's going to do it for this portion, right? This was the middle of the pack for the Eastern Conference. I'm going to come back with another episode for the middle of the pack from the Western Conference. And then obviously, like I said, we'll move our way up from there to get the top five teams from the East and the top five from the West. As always, I'm your host, Vic Lopez. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.